Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the Gas Tank Live here on 90 Men's YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't already and 450 of you waiting to go and only 50 likes. What's your issue? What is your issue? Please like now or just be gone with you. Um, I can hear my voice come back. Is anyone else here? It's all right. It's all good. Chris. It's like I'm having a breakdown. Grizz. <laughs> Thanks for turning up, mate. That's yeah. all right, mate. It's uh, not a pleasure. <laughs> I was going to say pleasure. But, um, yeah, it's good. It's, you need to get out of the house sometimes. Oh, yeah. Right? Cold Chris, today as well. Right? You need to get yeah. out of the house. Is that why you came? Because you, yeah, you need to get out of the house. house. Yeah, you need to get out of the house. Because otherwise, you know... You start looking for, for builders. <laughs> <laughs> what? Builders? You start looking for builders. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, s- s- oh. like sometimes when your team doesn't play good football, you start punching holes oh, in the wall. Oh, okay. No, I, I just thought, okay. And you start looking for Great. builders. So yeah. You know, just, yeah. Do you have a number of a builder? Because text that to Boovy because he didn't turn up yeah. today. Yeah, look, people already know that he's probably the biggest bottler <laughs> in the history of 90 minutes like he only s- literally only sings when he's winning and he's yeah. been winning a lot and when he doesn't win he doesn't turn up and everyone knows that so um, for that if you could kindly smash a like it would be so appreciated for my tears for my sadness for my grumpiness possibly but um but yeah, I'm here and I really appreciate you guys really, really. And I know that you guys won't rub it in, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Had a nice friend nah, but I can't promise anything, but you know. <laughs> Scott's we'll happy, Scott Saunders, oh. Harry, of course you're happy. Um, Buzzing, like a bumblebee. Was it, was quite a nice wee weekend though, wasn't it? Shall we start last night? North London Derby, London is red. Yeah, it always has been. Um, always has been by far and away the biggest club in London no doubt about that <laughs> sitting pretty at the top of the Premier League um, crazy, that, that debate about Chelsea was just starting to creep up and gather a bit of steam wasn't it as well yeah no to be fair to Chelsea you know they've they've done some incredible things over the last couple of decades you've got to give them credit but the debate between Arsenal and Spurs is a is a non-debate it always has been uh, as far as I'm concerned but yeah incredible win 
Um, when you go into a game where you had such a bad time last season, I know we spoke in the preview show about the fact that it was going to be a very different team, that three of the back four were missing that day, that it just wasn't you know, the Arsenal team that Mikel Arteta was looking at. There was no Thomas Partey that day. You can still go into that kind of match with a bit of PTSD from what happened before. Um, I think we'll come on to talk about some of the performances in a minute, but I think for me, what was the most impressive thing, I don't know if anyone saw the Sky interview that Mikel Arteta gave before the game. He spoke about emotional discipline. And there's been a lot of talk about Arsenal recently as being a team that maybe go over the line in terms of the way they react to certain things, whether that's the manager. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good argument. But um, you need to have emotional discipline on occasions like that. And Arsenal had that. And when you have that, your decision-making becomes better because you're not making rash decisions, not on the ball, not when it comes to going into challenges, not when it comes to questioning referees. I thought the referee was very good yesterday, by the way. He has to get a lot of credit. The only thing is that I thought Romero was fortunate to, to stay on the pitch. But It's also a derby, though, so you kind of yeah, want exactly. to Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was obviously annoyed about it at the time, but that's why I praised the referee, because I thought... When you compare that to the way the referee in the Arsenal-Newcastle game handled it just a few days before, where he couldn't wait to pull out a card, and then that culminated in the match becoming a competition between both sides who could get the most players booked. This referee, I thought, was it Craig Pawson? I thought dealt with it really, really well. So credit there. But for Arsenal to show that maturity, that emotional discipline, and the quality that they've got, because you can freeze on those occasions. And, you know, you look at the record at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and at Spurs in general for Arsenal over the last few years, I wasn't confident. Mm. The first time I felt confident was when I listened to Paul Merson in the build-up. Now, Paul Merson, Arsenal legend, love him, but as a pundit, he's not my favourite, I've got to be honest. But that was a 10 out of 10 pundit's performance yesterday because he literally told everybody how the first half was going to go. He highlighted the differences in midfield. He highlighted the fact that Arsenal were full of confidence, that Spurs weren't. I really enjoyed his comment when he said Antonio Conte plays with a back five, two holding midfielders and still concedes a couple of goals every single game. Um, I, I thought he got called it perfectly, he called it spot on. And, um, you know, you watch the way Odegaard was playing and, you know, I thought Eddie Nketiah was brilliant as well. Aaron Ramsdale, obviously, standout performer for Arsenal. So much to be positive about, but I'm sure we'll come on to that uh, in terms of breaking it down with individuals in a bit, but just buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. It just feels it feels like now you genuinely have to consider it yourself because you haven't once said since the beginning of the season, yeah, Arsenal can win the league, and we're still United, not halfway. You've got United no, no. next week. Arsenal can Arsenal can win the league. I haven't said they will win the league, and I won't. Um, I've said to people over the last few months, ask me after the Spurs and Man United games. Okay, so, so you're one down. Yeah, we're one away from me, maybe. So if you beat United next week, can our, will Arsenal win the league? Maybe. Oh, you're such a fence-setter. There's, no, there's things that are going to happen in between uh, Manchester City take on Spurs. I know that Man City probably should win that on current form, but it's a fixture that they've had difficulty with for a few seasons. They don't look unbeatable at the moment, Man City, in the way that they have in recent years. So I, I, think, I think in every campaign, league campaign, and I know can't speak on it much now, right now, but... In recent times, in every campaign, there's one game, one moment, one, and it's usually away from home. That you go to your rivals, whether it's in terms of uh, locality or just sort of position in the in the table, and you really put in a dominant performance that sort of levels above them. So even though it may be close in terms of before the game, we, even you was not sure. We were saying mm. mm, it's going to be tough. 
But that performance showed the levels right now. And I think it was probably the biggest boost Arsenal Football Club will have. I genuinely think, of course, you're in the title race now. For sure, you can say oh, that. Oh, yeah, we're right? in the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I, think, I think you're a couple of results away. Because if you continue, if, if you win your next two games, I genuinely think, in my eyes, you become at least on a par in terms of favourites with City. I can't, that's, that's I can't how, do this, man. I know you can't, but that's why I'm doing it for you. <laughs> I'm a friend, right? When, so I'm doing it for you. When the season started, I wasn't emotionally prepared for this. But I'm not gassing like, it. I'm not, no, I'm not, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm being honest. I wasn't emotionally prepared for the ups and downs of a title challenge. Honestly, the stress levels. Do you know, yesterday, oh, yeah, it's mad. I had to keep pouring myself whiskeys constantly throughout <laughs> the game. Like My glass always had to have something in it because I needed something to distract me. The last five minutes of stoppage time, even though Arsenal were 2-0 up and yeah. so comfortable, yeah. do you know what I was doing? Yeah. I was walking around my dad's dining room table, obviously watching the game on the TV, but I was walking around and I was like... Can if, I check your app? How many steps you done? <laughs> I was like, if, if I do 10 rounds, that'll probably kill a minute. Like, if I do... like, And that was how I was looking at it. It's, it's really bad. It's the same you're getting old. It's, yeah. it's, but, but listen, like that. it, it, that's exactly what title race, <laughs> especially against Man City, does for you. Yeah. It's so it's so much more interesting this time. It is. Oh, I mean, I, I guess. I guess. I wish Boovy was here. I really do. Yeah, yeah, so much. Like, he, for the neutrals, be... or not even for the neutrals, because you guys are not even. I know we're going to get into it. But you guys are not neutral anymore. It's vested interest. You guys have got now. Yeah. Because if you guys beat Arsenal next week, I'm going to start asking you the same we'll, question. We'll talk about that. Later. Okay, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that later. But uh, yeah, may, maybe later in the week. But. So but, many problems for Spurs as well. Like, is their title race now? Well, I think Scott said something just before we went live. I, I want him to say it and okay. repeat it. Do you live want me, you want me to on, say it? So, <laughs> I don't want to fully commit yet because I think Spurs still have a chance of getting okay. top. I don't think they will get top four. I'm not going to fully commit. But if Spurs don't get top four this season and that performance yesterday summed it up for me, Spurs are finished. Like, they are long-term finished. They are not, for me, that is Harry Kane gone, and that is the end of Spurs. Son has maybe reached his peak. He could come back to those levels in the future, but without Harry Kane, are Spurs going to put up the type of money to replace Harry Kane that they need to put up? Will Harry Kane look at this Tottenham project, whatever it is, project, and then think... Yeah, I'm going to stick with this. That's exactly it, though. Years. That's exactly it. Like three years ago, Arsenal accepted where they were. Yeah. Right. Arsenal looked at where they were and said, "This has gotten really bad. This is rotten to the core. We need to find someone that maybe isn't necessarily the most proven coach, but has the strong, has really strong values and really strong ideas and beliefs, and beliefs especially around discipline." and needs to come in and fix this. And we have to understand and accept it's going to take time to fix this. Spurs, at no point have they ever accepted that they're in trouble. They, they got to the Champions League final. That was the absolute peak for them. Fantastic achievement. I'm not taking anything away from them. Brilliant. You get there. You need to recognise where you are after that, and you need to rebuild. What do they do? They go and appoint Jose Mourinho. He's not going to rebuild anything. Jose Mourinho couldn't rebuild a piece of furniture from Ikea these days. He's, he's not... That's not connected, but you see, that's pretty hard. Actually. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a bad example. Yeah, he couldn't exactly. make one of those Kinder Egg clue. toys. Yeah. Maybe that, I don't know. That's probably but better, yeah. He's, he's, not, he's not that type of manager. He's never going to do that to you, yep. for you. Yep. Antonio Conte is the same. And I've said this all along from the day they signed Antonio Conte. And I had Arsenal fans coming at me saying, you're just jealous. We should get Conte. You know, we should have sacked Arteta after the first couple of seasons and got Conte in. Look where we are now. Mm. A little bit of patience and a little bit of foresight and a little bit of understanding 
of where your club is at. And Spurs have been missing that. That's not the fans' fault. It's Daniel Levy's fault. And, you know, it, it's, it's a mess. And um, you look at them yesterday, they had nothing. It is a mess. Poor Lloris. Hugo Lloris. I mean, he contributed to your business. Another one. You talk, like, you talk, look at all these positions in the Spurs team, though, right? Spurs need to... They need to go back to a Pochettino. If let's say Conte leaves, right, in the next six months, let's say they don't get Champions League. It doesn't look like it at the moment. Let's say Conte leaves and goes somewhere else. Spurs need to look at that team and also thinking that if they don't get top four, Harry Kane's going to go somewhere. Whether that's Bayern, whether that's United, whether that's Newcastle or something like that, he's leaving. So then all your goals have gone. You're looking at buying a new goalkeeper because Hugo Lloris is past it. You need a new left back or new left wing back, whatever uh, formation you play a new right back because they might buy one this month. The midfield doesn't have enough. Your options up front are not really producing. If well, Harry Kane, Harry isn't Kane there's nothing. Well, what happens to Son? That, think of how many important positions that is. They, they need to go back and like look at themselves in the mirror and think, wow, we are literally right back where we started when Pochettino was appointed. Or maybe a little bit better off. But they need to completely regenerate their team and move forward and build a project from the bottom again because I think we're getting to that point now. The only thing that can plaster over it is Champions League football for me this season. And I don't I don't think they'll get it. They might, but I don't think they will. So, sorry, I was just going to say that the point you made there earlier on about Mikel Arteta is, is completely what Spurs need to do. They need to give the manager the hall, the ring, yeah. the signings, everything like that and start again and, and, and write off a couple of years, a couple of seasons, yeah. and then and then go from the beginning. But the problem, one of the problems the owner will have, he's made a mega stadium. And that stadium is purpose-built for Champions League football. Otherwise, they are in trouble. Yeah. Like, that, that is major for them. They do need major investment from outside. Now, whether that comes in the form of minority investment or a full takeover... Only time will tell, but they could go down the route of a Manchester United, Liverpool, where he thinks there's nothing more he can do. We, I mean, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe Spurs fans in the chat can let us know if, if you know, that is an option, if they think the owner would do that. But maybe that's his only get out. Because you're right, Scott, if they don't get top four, no chance Conte staying, mm. no chance Kane staying. And then the offset of that is look at the rest of the squad and team. Yeah, which yeah. He, Conte's already saying is not good enough which is, yeah, Conte's exactly. already saying I need four or five more players yeah. minimum I, yeah I mean agreement I think it, they, they, could have be. To, they have to revolutionise their entire yeah. policy yeah. of like signings I think go and get Thomas Frank might be a good idea like from Brentford if you yeah. can convince Thomas Frank to come over clever, clever guy bit of charisma and the thing that puts Brentford and Brighton on the levels where they're at now is good recruitment. Yeah, exactly. You know? yep. And Spurs have been looking at things for years and Conte, Conte's approach to things is to buy Perisic. Well, I like Perisic, but you know he's got a time limit on him. Of course. You know, And a lot of these players, they, they need to look at this completely refreshed, go and get someone like Thomas Frank or if Pochettino can do it again, Pochettino, and build from the bottom up because they have shown, their owners have shown that they are not willing to live with the type of spending that the top clubs will, will put yeah. out. But they also have to give the manager, whoever that may be, that ownership and that yeah. role and that run. Yeah, and, well. they, and they haven't. They haven't done it with Conte or Mourinho. Yeah. Exactly. They, they went and brought Jed Spence in. And, you know, Antonio Conte, who's predominantly built a system around wing-backs, is having to mess around with Matt Doherty and, and Ryan Sessegnon. And that, to me, I mean, I know he had options. Perisic could have played 
And I know that you could argue that maybe Conte himself got that a little bit wrong. But the biggest indication of where Spurs are for me is that I we went there like a little bit worried. We went there thinking the atmosphere is going to be incredible. And I, I did a pre-match podcast and I said... The first 20 minutes was so important. You know why? Because they're lacking confidence and you need to go and almost play on their anxieties. You need to go there and make them think, shit, Arsenal are here. And that was and the best part of it. Yeah. Not only did you play on that, but you actually exerted your, you've got to say, class and confidence. And dominance. Where you are, like, dominance. Stra- this, Arsenal doing what City do to teams. To like teams strangulation team. and, you know. That first 20 minutes was just... Hey, yeah. they, were wow. trying to, they were trying to play the ball out from the back and there would be three Arsenal players on the yeah. right-hand side. It was like, nobody. we don't care if you knock it over the top because we've got centre-backs now that they can turn and run back towards their own goal. We've, we've, we're look, happy for you to do that. We've, we will squeeze you and we will strangle yep, you yep. and we will make life impossible for you. I don't give a shit if you guys... <laughs> yeah, bring it back to Liverpool. But I'm going to bring it back to Liverpool. You do remind me of... The develop the early stages of the Jurgen Klopp team, where we did start like that and press the li- life out of teams, and then have two amazingly quick, fast-paced wingers, but work as hard mm. as Salah and Mane used to, or d- did whatever, and Saka and Martinelli. Because not only are they brilliant when they've got the ball and sort of going forward, but their work rate is something to be yeah. admired. And who's done that? Arteta. Mm. Mm. Somebody put crazy. in the comments: Arsenal's front line costs six million. Yeah. yeah, which is relevant yeah. achievement. There's a there's a few players I have to give credit to before we move on. So Martin Odegaard, obviously, we'll get all the headlines. Unbelievable footballer. What like, was he called him in the Martin Odegaard? The Martin Odegaard, yeah. Um, just unbe- <laughs> unbelievable technique. You think you think that Mikhailo Mudrik has just gone for? We'll talk about that later. But he's just gone for a hundred million euros. Martin Odegaard costs Arsenal thirty five million, mm. and what a player he is! Like technically superb, work rate unbelievable. And one of the small criticisms I've had of him sort of in the, the last season and a half or whatever has been when you get to those positions that he scored from yesterday, believe in yourself a bit more. He's yeah. always looking for the pass. He's yeah. always looking for, take it on. Yeah. You're the captain. You're wearing the armbands. Take it on. Do you remember that Cesc Fabregas goal away in Milan? That was exactly like yeah. that yesterday. You get into that position. You look up. You just think, you know what? If, I'll have a, I'll if have a the season stopped now... Mm. Play of the season? Article? He's up there. He just I don't know. He did, like, he did go through. I just saw a few weeks ago. He, people were calling him out, calling him out for not doing not a goal or assist. I think he went. He went for a small run of games where he didn't provide any of that. Bit of a difficult patch. So I think it's a little bit reactionary to say that. But he was brilliant yesterday. Who would be? Yeah. And he has been. I, 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 nah, even, even Rashford at the. He's only been really You're good in the last two weeks. I think it's, it's, weeks it's a pretty close one, but it has to be a play from Arsenal because I think it's Arsenal have be. been absolutely... He's, he's, would you he's been unreal. As an Arsenal man. He's up there. He's up there with Arsenal. I, I would actually put Ben White in that category yeah. of best Arsenal players this season as well. Um, wasn't as adventurous yesterday getting forward, but Son didn't get a sniff. Like, literally nothing. I thought Partey was magnificent again. Gave the ball away a couple of times in the first half, but that's what happens when you try and progress it. Zinchenko in the first half Fantastic. dropped off a bit in the second to be fair but the way he comes into midfield and just gives us that extra body mm. and Conte like you're looking at that we've already got a man advantage in the centre of midfield and then you you just allow Zinchenko to come inside and you do nothing about it. it Zinchenko was a great signing for you in terms mm. of even like the experience of winning that he's yeah. got and they, they were saying that in an interview that he'd done with him sorry in the build up to the 
games a couple of weeks ago and he was saying it's starting to come they were, we're going into games now believing that we will win them yeah. and that's so important as well considering how young they are such that a young average team. age of 24 that team that. yeah, yeah. The, 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 we're obviously going to get a documentary, aren't we, made? <laughs> but when we get that documentary made, we're going to see the influence of Zinchenko and Jesus behind the scenes as well as on the pitch. Yeah. That team's average age is 24. Is yeah. So really? to be where they are is unbelievable. And the, the final player that I think really needs a, a shout-out is Eddie Nketiah. Mm. Yeah. Now, I know he missed a couple of chances yesterday. They weren't the easiest chances. The first one comes over the top of the defender. He's running away from goals. Not easy. He can't really see what he's got to aim at. Second one in the second half when Xhaka plays that pass. A little bit of an awkward one to control and the touch wasn't great. But I said during the Dubai training camp while the World Cup was on and, and obviously Jesus's injury had been announced that they had an opportunity, Arsenal, to, to sort of mould Eddie Nketiah into what they wanted him to be, to add certain things to his game that Jesus brings that would then mean the least disruption to the team. And the way he controls the ball in tight spaces now, the way he lures in three or four defenders and then pops it off left or right, the way he works tirelessly up front, it feels, it's felt like Jesus hasn't been missing. And that is the biggest compliment you can mm -hmm. give to yeah. Eddie Nketiah. He's learned. Maybe it's the yeah. influence of Gabriel Jesus in training, work rate, ethics, yeah, it's, it's, in terms of everything. And, and that Movement. goes to show again what Mikel Arteta can do as a coach. Yep. Management, you could argue that there are still a few things that Mikel Arteta is a little bit naive in as a manager in terms well, of, in terms of, in terms of game management, <laughs> in terms of sometimes the way he acts, in terms of sometimes making the right changes at the right times, like reacting to things. But in terms of his coaching, you can't knock him because every single one of those players has improved. Yeah. You mentioned it, Martinelli, £6 million, Bukayo Saka, Academy product, and Ketia, Academy product. Arsenal deserve to be where they are. Um, like... I haven't really spoke too much about how good Arsenal were yesterday yet because I went in on Spurs a little bit. But <laughs> Arsenal have been, you know, I, I, surprising to pretty much even you, Harry. I'm pretty, you're probably surprised with how Arsenal dealt with that occasion. Yes, you're not getting the best version of Spurs because this obviously isn't the best version of Spurs. But to go there with that record hanging over you, especially after collapsing there last season for Champions League. You know, I think it really says a lot about the players' mentality and how they are just able to deal with that type of occasion now and just can go out there and that mistake from Lloris was absolutely outrageous. But at the same time, you know, to for Saka to force that error, you know, and to put Arsenal in that position where they didn't really look under pressure that At much. And there was one save from Ramsdale from Sessegnon, I think it yeah, was, yeah. which was outstanding, amazing. Uh, but, you know, I think it was... Arsenal being really good and Spurs being bad, but I think Arsenal deserve a hell of a lot of credit. I also do think you'll get a harder game next Sunday. I was just going to say, it's yeah, actually back. Like, taking my Liverpool hat off, um, Man United-Arsenal yeah. was always the, the, the fixture that, you know, me growing up used to look yeah. forward to because, obviously, we were crap. <laughs> and uh, Man United-Arsenal United was and, and, I, and I'd say as, go as far as saying it's probably one of the most exciting fixtures of, in, in European football at that stage obviously it's not that stage calm down guys it's not at that stage but fantastic fixture to look forward to again and so much riding on it next week yeah and as Harry says if they can win that <clears throat> like, uh, in the comments good morning give us a like if you haven't already by the way uh, we've got Aiden's, tons watching we yeah, way more yeah like. please Thank like you. the stream uh, one like equals what can it equal today know. one grist well we always no, do no, grist no. here how many tears you yeah, want from me I've got yeah. none left it's going to dry up I'm drying up <laughs> 
<laughs> one like um, equals one million pounds of Man City was spent since their takeover. That's very true. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can we move on to booby tears, please? Everyone yeah, in fact, yeah, booby tears. Yeah. Well, he's at home Everyone loves a booby tear. Come on. himself. Uh, yeah. Thomas uh, Frank could have built a new Spurs with Ivan Tony. Uh, Dennis Saint. Can I just say this about Thomas Frank? Yeah. Like I look at Jed Spence and you look at Ryan Sessegnon and everything I said earlier on about like Spurs needing to get a new right back and a new left back. If you get a coach like Thomas Frank who can get the most out of players like Jed Spence and Ryan Sessegnon, that's half your problem gone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you, you can't play a system that is so dependent on yeah. wing backs and not have good wing backs. So when people say Conte isn't back, they have spent money. And he's not, in my opinion, prioritised yeah, the right area. The well, apparently they, they won, won the they won the transfer window, window yeah. didn't they? I had Arsenal fans telling me that I'm an idiot because I was a bit sceptical about Bissouma and the money that he was going for. Look mm, at him now, start, coming oh, off the bench. It's so bad. I wish you'd stayed at uh, Max Conte is the most overrated manager in world football. Uh, lots of people commented on what you said about um, Jose Marino as well and having getting given that reign and starting to build again at Roma and look where they are now. Um, you can uh, respect that. Uh, let's speak just quickly about what happened at the end of the game last night as well. That seems to get all the headlines. It always does. Um, and the stuff with Aaron Ramsdale and the fan. What was your thoughts on all that? I mean, Aaron Ramsdale always does that. Aaron Ramsdale always gives it to fans. He always gets it and he always gives it back. Right? He does. I've seen him do it at away games lots of times. I don't think what Aaron Ramsdale did crossed the line. I think he does it from a distance. I think he does it in response to, to getting it from some fans. I understand because I've been in a home end when an away goalkeeper or an away player has done that or has come and celebrated a goal in front of you. I understand that emotions can boil over. And I, I've, I'll be lying if I said I haven't shouted expletives back at an opposition player. For, for doing you, something like that, yeah, I lose my head at football. He's I do. Can't guy. believe you. Um, disgusting. Yeah, I know. I'm a disgrace. The guy who circles his dad's dining table. <laughs> um, but there is no excuse for a fan doing what that guy did. Yeah. And I and I can't believe that there are people out there saying Ramsdale deserved uh, it. Bollocks. Like it's nonsense. Any sane football fan knows that that's not uh, on. Can I make a point about Richarlison yeah. as well? Yes, please. We had a we had a, discu- a discussion in here <laughs> yes, a few please, weeks ago, you, you a few weeks and months ago, and. People were melting down about Richarlison doing some kick-ups, right? Or whatever he did when Spurs were winning, right? Don't expect yourself to be able to do that and get away with it and then react the way you did to Aaron Ramsdale. I, I'm sorry, you can't have it both ways. If you want to give it out, you've got to take it back. Yeah. Well. He's and a the disgrace. same to Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. He's a disgrace. Richarlison is a disgrace. Ram says in the chat, just do it and walk away. Don't go near the fans. But he went to get his bottle. Like, yeah, yeah, he had to. He, had to, he went to get his water bottle and leave. And that was it. And that guy has done whatever he's done to try and get onto it's the a pitch. Football game. At the end of yeah, the day, it's it's. Know? Mate, at the end, of the t- you want to take the emotion out of football. We don't have a game anymore. Yeah. So if you're going to be big enough to give it, then take it back. And Aaron Ramsdale, to be fair to him, I'm not just defending him because he's the Arsenal keeper. He gives it, but he also takes it back in good spirit mm. and in good nature. Yeah, and that's and, what he said in, the, yeah. in his post match as yeah. well. He was like, I thought he was all in kind of good spirit. And I, kind of I have to give it to him. He does take it. Yeah, but 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 are we all? in full agreement that Richarlison is the biggest villain in the Premier League yeah, or is yeah. anyone bigger <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking is anyone he's bigger? up there he's up there he's who's up the there. candidates it's a good point um, put them in the comments Richarlison it's clear is there a bigger villain in the league than Richarlison some may say Robertson but no chance Ramsdale no Robertson? chance 
Some people do, honestly. Some people think, oh, it's Robert. How they get to that and conclusion? And what, what about Richard Keyes coming out and saying it's it's all because of Arteta that he, it, you know, he encourages this behaviour? Richard Keyes has actually got an obsession with Arteta. I know he literally picked the game in which Mikel Arteta was probably his best behaved this season to highlight how stupid his point is. I absolutely you, loved Arteta. At the end did you see Arteta there. chasing back Xhaka? Yeah, it was just it, it was, it was all caught on camera, and it was like him realizing that. Like, <laughs> oh God, run. I've got to run, and then Classic. he's like. Yeah, I've never seen him move that that quick across the midfield, <laughs> even when he was playing. Yeah. See, yeah. see, at the end of the day, with like Richarlison putting his hands on Ramsdale or trying to get in his face like that. A few shouts of Bruno Fernandes, uh, Emmy Martinez. Bruno yeah. does. Romero. Yeah. Romero. Yeah. Oh, none of them. None of them. Honestly, Richarlison. I, some good shouts. Thank you for the participation. Yes. We've obviously started. Emmy Martinez is a strong shout, actually. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, Richarlison. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's not he, that. He's, he's not. He's got. He's not got that nastiness. That yeah, he's not as dislikable. But then, just like that thing he did with the trophy after the World Cup final was like. Yeah, just, but that was just that was World just Cup. Was just a that bit was of a just, child. It was cringy. Yeah, Richarlison's actually. He's got a bit of nasty in him. Nasty in him. Do you get nasty. it? She gets it. She ran gets it. I feel you. <laughs> um, <coughs> Yeah, lots of people actually say Martinez. Greenish. Um, now, we agree. <laughs> now, Greenish is fun. Uh, Manchester Derby. Scott. <sighs> Scott. Where should we start? Should we start with the... Uh, do you want to start with the incident? The goal, shall we? Oh, I mean, first of all, I've got to say what I said to you guys off air. Um, I was sitting there watching this, this derby and... Um, Obviously, for me, Manchester United winning was probably the best outcome. I decided in my mind that that was the best outcome. And uh, and when Rashford scores the second goal, I found myself jumping off the sofa and shouting yes. And then this this disgust came over me. Like, how am I reacting like this to a Manchester United goal? And it just shows you what a, a title race can do to you. Yeah, crazy. Um, obviously, we should probably just get this out of the way first because I, I feel like this can dominate the conversation, but also... It robs credit from United because I thought United played quite well. Yep. I re I saw that, and as a United fan, I think most United fans will say will claim for it. Bruno Fernandez runs to the touchline and tries to claim for that goal to stand, and I did too at the time. Looking back at it, Rashford interferes with play. I don't think the goal should stand. However, according to the laws, I think the referees operate correctly. If you want to blame something, blame the laws. I come out and said the offside law time and time again. There was a Salah goal against Wolves the other week. Yep. which was given, which was ridiculous. Yep. But that is the state of the law. Change the law. And, I agree with you. you I, think, I, think you've, I think you've... I didn't expect that from you, Scott. Well done. How's this? Thanks, proper, he's proper, I'm a measured Nailed it. He's nailed clear, it. Clear I agree with like you. He does, he does impact yeah. Edison and he does impact... But I agree with you that it's according to the law, letter of the law, that has to be given. But it's a stupid law. Just like I said, for the same for the seller goal. Like how the defender... Is not like sort of. I know he touched it, but obviously because Salah's there. Same with uh, is it Akanji? Akanji's the nearest yeah. centre back, isn't it? <laughs> Rashford's right next to him. He's blocking his pathway to the ball. Everything is interfering with play. But the thing is, like the moment he leaves it, I get it. Big Mad Andy says worst decision of the season, but it's not because <laughs> it, it, according to the laws, is correct. Can he I, doesn't can actually touch the ball. Aaron Ramsey in, 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 in an FA Cup final Alexis Sanchez scores a goal when Aaron Ramsey is interfering with play and is offside mm. that stands Manchester City score a goal a few seasons ago when Rodri's offside and comes back and tackles the player and somebody else scores that's given it's the law change the law can I just say if I was Pep Guardiola I'd have taken my players all off the pitch 
I was wow. that outraged by that decision. And I wanted Manchester United to win. Really? That, I thought it was so bad. That level? So bad. What, even uh, in, the, in the initial moments of it all unfolding? Yeah, 100%. Time how, how on earth was... Marcus Rashford not interfering with play there. Was it given? Now, was it given offside in the yeah, first yeah, place? Yeah, yeah, The linesman put his flag, and up. it was overruled. Yeah. Oh shit! Because <laughs> according to the laws, it's correct. Because he didn't touch the ball. He but didn't but touch this it. is the thing. Is this is the thing. Means of touch. No, but, 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 but you, you can interfere without ability. touching. But that means every time you start to not touch the ball, and that means you're not. We we give we we cancel goals when players are standing in the eye line of a goalkeeper in an offside position. Therefore, they're deemed to be interfering with play and they haven't touched the ball. So we can't hide now behind this thing of he didn't touch the ball because we've seen that that is something that becomes irrelevant if it's interfering or impacting a goalkeeper. Now, Rashford, for me, impacts two players. He impacts Akanji, who's trying to get back and arguably has a chance of getting there ahead of Bruno, at least, if he knows that Ra if Rashford's not there and he can see a clear path to the ball. So that's number one. And the second bit is Edison, um, I think, shapes up as if he's going to deal with a shot from Rashford from the angle that Rashford's coming at it. And then Bruno Fernandes comes across it and hits it into the back of the net. I wouldn't, so say, I'll see, I wouldn't say it's the worst decision. I think, obviously, people are enraged, whichever team you support, because it's the most pivotal decision of the season so far. I think there's a difference. I don't think it's the worst decision. But I, I think as well that you... I get, I the, get the outrage, though. The context is that at the start of the second half, Manchester City were at their best moment in the game. I yeah. thought they were really good. Yeah. And I feared for United at that point. Mm -hmm. Enjoy all your favourite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The other thing is that the linesman flags it, gives it offside. And, you know, the VAR thing, did VAR even get involved in yeah, that? I watched the referee have a conversation with the linesman. Just because you didn't see the lines on the screen doesn't mean VAR no, 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 involved. They're involved th- in every No, goal. but there's no doubt about him being offside. Obviously, that he is offside. The linesman got that right. It was a clear one. It wasn't marginal. It wasn't one that needed the lines. But there's obviously a conversation between the referee and the linesman with regards to him interfering with play. Yeah. And that's what was uncomfortable for me because yeah. I think you can clearly see that he interferes whether uh, he touches According to the law, he didn't. And what I'm saying is, like I'm getting called out in the comments, he was interfering, Scott, don't try and compare it to other goals. I think he was interfering with play. I think he was, but, but according to the laws, he's not. Exactly. This is it. This is just... I mean, yeah. fair I play. can see both sides. I can see why the goal was given, because according to the laws, it should stand. Yeah. I can also see the other side. In football debate nowadays, it has to be one or the other. Yeah. There can't be any grey area. It has to be, this is the worst decision yeah. I've ever seen, or yeah. this is a legitimate goal. Fair, fair play to Scott for, for saying it as it is. What, what's really irritated me and probably made me feel more strongly about this decision is that there are United fans out there, right? That instead of going, you know, we had the rub of the green today, <laughs> but we played well and let's take the positives from it and we won the Manchester Derby happy days are literally sitting there forensically trying to break this down and, and trying to, to preach yeah. to people that this that he wasn't it. interfering. Yeah. To bottom line Stop it. it. Stop it. To bottom line it. it. <laughs> to, to bottom line it, I don't give a toss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, fair. that's absolutely fair. And yeah. ha- that might happen to United in a few weeks' time. Of course. And I'll have to exactly. live with it. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to get but no, somebody... No, it's, it's apparently because it's at Old Trafford... The, the blokes in the in the little box in Stockley Park apparently are in, influenced by the, the crowd at Old Trafford, the referees. Who's the new head of referees, by the yeah. way? <laughs> I was I'm just, just going to bring that just, up. I'm just saying. I'm that just, certainly hasn't helped your case. It's a certain... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, you know, I Hello, don't Mr. think... Well, you played well. It shouldn't yeah, take yeah. away from the fact that United... Man City had one shot on target all game. Yeah. And that came from Jack Grealish and that was the goal, which was worked really well by City in their best period of the game. People are critics. I've seen critics of Eric Ten Hag for not playing on the front foot in his style. He's had six months, man. He's had six months and he's beaten all of the big six at home. The job he's done has been. It's been an incredible job. You could see exactly what his his game plan was. Please talk about Fred. Yes, Fred came in and acted like Ander Herrera on Eden Hazard. And he let him go once and then City score. But he's had such a. Ten Hag has just had this little. this history over the last six months, especially since the Brentford game. Well, since the Brentford game of getting things right and impacting games with his substitutions, bringing Garnacho in. I said, just before Garnacho came on, I said, bring him on because this is that game was right for him. He brought him on. It makes a difference. Assist the goal for the winner. And Eric Ten Hag deserves so much credit. No United fan could have like even thought that they'd be in this position, having won all the... They absolutely smashed Spurs. They beat Arsenal. A little bit lucky with another decision there, but they beat Arsenal. The only team to beat Arsenal this season. They've beaten Liverpool this season. They've beaten now Man City this season as well. There's a lot of reasons for United fans to be confident that they're actually going in the right direction for once. Oh, for sure. Um, 100%. And, absolutely. you know, I'm I, I, really happy. I, I look, again, as a neutral, I was this weekend, like, you know, watching it, sort of just trying to let, kick back and just analyse the football and the game for what it was in terms of, you know, having an agenda of bias. I don't think Man United deserved to win. I think a draw would have been a fair result. 
but for sure there's so much positives for Man United. And I actually think you counterattacked with with intent. You see exactly what the plan was. Get rid you, of all you, you, you counterattacked with intent. It wasn't just sitting back. So I don't buy this that it was just sort of no, no, just no. sitting back. There was intent there. And you're up against, again, I'll keep saying it, but a very, very controlling team in, in Pep on the back of a bad, stinking performance at Southampton. Very rarely do we see bad, two bad stinkers from Man City. Very rare. And the fact that you took that into consideration, uh, the game, I thought, it panned out exactly. We knew they're going to come strong after half-time. I thought you nullified them. But how simplistic sometimes is football? Do you remember a few weeks ago we were saying... Um, about why doesn't anyone man mark KDB? Like he's, he's that <laughs> integral to Man City. Right, he's that integral to Man City, yeah. right? I know Haaland, but Haaland's nothing without KDB. When I say nothing, you know what I mean. He's 25% but, of the but player that's without That's the only, like, it, it seems like Sil KDB uh, to Haaland. Silva is having a very average <laughs> to poor season. Grealish, we know, isn't, you know. Mar is on, in and off. It's KDB that you need to stop and you will have a good time. To be fair thought, to him, though. And it wasn't, a, like, obviously Man United fans will say genius from Ten Hag. I thought it was common sense from Ten Hag. And that's what's driving Man United back because of basic common sense decisions from the manager. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I just say, Theo SG, a fortress. He lost to Sociedad at Old Trafford. Go and check that goal. That goal was given because of a penalty which came off Lisandro Martinez's leg and hit his hand, which is not a penalty. So when you talk about United getting all the decisions, go back to that goal and look at that again and then tell me if you think the same. Guys, but elephant in the room, apart from me. Um, <laughs> has Haaland... You asked that question. <laughs> I knew this yeah. was coming. I'm, I'm asking the question again. We asked it last week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Has Haaland made Man City worse? He's made them Definitely. less. He's <laughs> made them. He's made them less able to control games, because with the false nine, they essentially had an extra midfielder when they were in possession that would drop deep and get into different positions and be fluid in his positioning. No, he, he didn't play. And he was in Luke Shaw's pocket the entire time. Yeah, he was. He was in Luke Shaw's pocket. I, I'm surprised you, ha you guys haven't mentioned Luke Shaw yet. Centre-back yeah. supreme. Aaron Wan-Bissaka as well. I talked about him the other day. God, man. Go back and like look at this little dribble through midfield. Like He beat about... Didn't really go too far, but he beat about five players with some amazing footwork. Luke Shaw was brilliant. Back to Haaland. You can see in... You can see what... Ha was it nine touches again? Really? Was it that bad? Something, some, I read I know he tried touches. to die for a penalty at the end. I, I read somewhere like nine touches again. Like, this is not... This is unheard of, man. Casemiro is a bit game he has like under 20 touches. Though. I think I would have gone down as well. Yeah. If I felt that touch from Casemiro, Maybe. I would But you can, like, with yeah. Haaland, I think Haaland and City, City is so not direct, right? They love to, like, slow build up and then to speed it up when they, when they need to. You could see at times where Haaland was deep and then he would run through the middle. City would often pass the ball sideways or look to switch it. And then that completely nullifies Haaland from the game because mm. there were occasions in that where if they'd have played direct through ball for him, he probably would have gone on to those and got a couple of chances. But they just, it's not, I don't know whether this will take time and whether it's, or whether it's in direct opposition to Pep's style um, and whether that does end up marrying up. But um, it's not it's not working at the moment, and we're saying it's not working. He scored twenty odd goals already in the Premier League this season, so you know. But c people were expecting City to be ahead, and they're eight points behind Arsenal. So yeah, um, and then talk to me about Manchester United and the title race as well. Are you considering that now? Nah, I mean, if Arsenal had lost yesterday or drawn, 
Although, mind you, if, if United go to Palace... Uh, oh, we've got Palace before. Palace before. I know United will have played a game more, right? If United go to Palace and win, and then they somehow... I th- One thing I will say, like, we'll look, to, look ahead to this game Sunday, like later this week, right? I think United have the ability to hurt Arsenal like Tottenham didn't. If you know what I mean, yeah. I think that threat. Like you, you saw it at Old Trafford. That goal from the way Rashford runs in behind, Eriksen gets the ball, plays it through Bruno, one touch, bang, through the middle. I don't think this. I don't think teams can really live with Rashford at the moment. I think he's on such a high, and he just adds that threat in behind that not a lot of teams have. And Arsenal like to play high, and I think there's. I think United have a chance. I think this one might be one of the games of the season. I agree. Next weekend, I, th- Can't I really think so. The thing is. I talked about Arsenal being quite happy to squeeze teams up and and not really, I'm not going to say not worry about it, but almost say knock the balls into the channels and we feel like we've got the personnel to deal with that. You looked at Harry Kane yesterday, for example, you drop a ball over the top for Harry Kane, I'd back Mikel Arteta to catch him. Like he's just, you know, that's never been part of Harry Kane's game. It's not to to sort of shit on the player, but he's not a speed merchant. He isn't going to cause you that problem in behind. His game's changed. He drops deep. Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, completely different players. And so you have to be more aware of that and you have to be he could even, more alert he, he to He could it. even, we could see Val Veghorst play. Uh, Martial hasn't, he hasn't been on it at all. Like, mm. I know that there was a time in the game where after he came off, United lost that kind of option. Focal to, point, yeah. Focal point up front. I think if you bring Val Veghorst in, to be honest, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think he's got that ability to hold the ball up and to have Rashford or Garnacho running off him. It wouldn't surprise me if he went with something like that and played maybe Rashford on the right next week. I don't think he will, but you know, is that option that United do have, which I think is one of the keys to unlock an Arsenal. I think United can probably do it. I don't know if does it's not City style either. They probably Actually, lack that kind of. I was going to say I was going to start getting to the tactics. Well, we'll probably do that later in the week. I was going to say, does a is there a man marking job on Odegaard for um, possibly? Yeah, Fred again, possibly. I mean. But it's, it's, it'll be great. Yeah. I, think I mean, to, really to be good. fair to to, to be fair to KDB, he did break into the half space you cannot and chip that ball him. across. You cannot stop for him for goal. There will be a moment where KDB shows his brilliance, and that's yeah. where it was. You can't you can't stop great players for ninety minutes. Mm. Like you know, he was always going to have that. Is Harry but Kane overall, not a great player. Though? But overall, he was in uh, he was in Gabriel's pocket. It's probably still there. Can I, can I just say one more thing on United? Right, um, United didn't play to Eric Ten Hag's ideal style. But what I, I love about Ten Hag, right, and what my, one of my big criticisms about modern coaches is, is, and you see it with Jurgen Klopp now, like you have one way of playing and then if that way doesn't work, this is the criticism I've leveled at Pep as well. If you, you have one way of playing and you go to a big game and it doesn't work, you're kind of stuck. Ten Hag has shown his willingness to adapt and let teams who have, Pep's had six years at sea, Arteta's had three years at Arsenal, to adapt the style and play on the counter-attack, there's more than one way to play football. And eventually, if, if they play this way in three years' time, it'll be different. But I think Ten Hag, to do what he's done in six months to, to win these games, uh, is really, really like encouraging to know that he can find different ways to win, even when his style hasn't been fully implemented But it's football yet. identity. How many times have we discussed what has Arteta... Well, we were discussing probably about a year ago. What's his identity? what's um, Mourinho's identity left anymore and now we're talking about what's Conte done and sorry what's the other Tuchel and Potter we've been discussing what 
you can clearly see what Ten Hag has tried to do. And Ten Hag's done an unbelievable he job. He's done hate saying and it, yeah, I hate saying it as well. But you have to give him his, his credit because absolutely. he's been he's been immense. Um, lovely stuff. Garnacho has had five assists this season. Says uh, Mayanak. Uh, Foden looks special. lost with Haaland on the pitch. Um, Silva has had a drop in form for City, has which is killing them right now. Huge loss of form. Yeah, um, could City. Cancelo. Cancelo, the drop off from him. Oh, hold on. In, in, from, at the from start the of the second half. Cancelo was quite good. Yeah, the start of the second half, that period I mentioned where City were good, Cancelo was in the centre of that for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. he would get the ball and kind of drive inside. Yeah. There were a few times where United couldn't stop him. But. So, yeah, um, and a lot of people as well, just focusing on what you've alluded to about Haaland making City worse. But it's almost like Pep always had two teams before. It's like good for one team and, and good for another. Um, okay, so it's... United Arsenal next week at the Emirates, which should be an interesting one. Um, but I just uh, feel Harry early on. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm looking forward to it. Do you know, do you, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And one of the reasons I'm looking forward to it more is that when I think back to the game against you at Old Trafford, obviously you're better now than you were then. We were about Thomas Partey that day as well, mm-hmm. which was a big, um, a big blow. And I talk about the transitions, and we're much better equipped to deal with them when Partey plays there. So. If you're an Arsenal fan and you don't feel confident, then what's the point? Arsenal can go into that game yeah. and draw. We can draw it, and, it and I'm absolutely I think fine. It depends on what United think. I think if they go and win at Palace, I think United will go into that thinking yeah. we've got to win this. I always look at title races as you've got to look at groups of games because it's a 38-game season, yeah. so you can't, you can't place too much value on individual matches because what that does is add pressure that is unhelpful. So you need to look at groups of games. So for Arsenal, to stay in the title race, to stay in contention, to stay as the front runners, for me, need four points from the Spurs away game and Man United at home. And it doesn't really matter what way that comes, as long as you achieve that. And now having won at Spurs, we now have that cushion, I believe, to be able to say, look, if it gets to the 70th minute and it's nil-nil or 1-1, we don't have to push that little bit extra that leaves us vulnerable defensively. You get the four points and you get out of there. And, and that's what's different about league football. If you overbuild certain fixtures, individual fixtures, that's when pressure gets to you. Yeah. You've got to look at groups of games and, and take it that and way. And also, we are still only 18 games in the season, which yeah. is weird because I think we'd probably be like five games mm-hmm. further on in the season at this point of the year. The fact that we're not even halfway through the season yet, I, I'm not going to say... The, the time I'll say I think Arsenal can favourites for the league is if you beat City at home uh-huh. and, you're, and this lead is still kind of six, I just, eight points I just think if we don't get beat we're alright like, I think that's mm. Do you ever feel like weirdly not confident going into the Palace game but more confident for the United uh, game based I f- on I feel feel like United are better equipped now to deal with those kind of games Palace haven't been in great form of late either Always a difficult place to go, but I think the players know as well. Like the first thing Bruno says is like, "Yeah, we'll we'll enjoy this win, but Palace is a difficult game," and it's just nice to know that the players have been grounded. And just to say on Casemiro, I bloody love the guy. Honestly, yeah. the way he celebrated that goal uh, was just like he just turns into a demon. Like, look at his face. He's celebrating with the fans. He's grabbing people. The difference he's made to mentality in this yep. team is just ah, I, I, I love him so much. Honestly, pure experience. Um, okay. Crazy boy, mm. you're in the hot oh, seat. Oh no, Chris, mate. Liverpool. How long we got? We always for time. Just a few as minutes. Long, as long as you want. Oh, um, well, I've got all day, Chris. Can you give us a like just uh, to keep 
Grizz, you're happy. We have 2,000 people listening. Well, it's, it's, it's well. good we're talking... You like 2,000 listeners. It's, it's good we're talking about this game because I thought Brighton was superb and I'm very happy to talk about Brighton. <laughs> I thought McAllister making his first start in the Premier League since the World Cup win. Absolutely bossed. Again, another masterclass from De Zerbi. Uh, what a manager. Uh, they deserve it to win. Um, and thrash us and that's what they've done. Would you take him to replace Where We're West. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're shambles, man. We're embarrassing. Embarrassing. The, the, the best thing about it was Danny Welbeck flicks it over a defender, scores. Yeah, Pele. Brilliant goal. And then does Marcus Rashford's celebration. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah, yeah, look. It, it's, uh, it's, we're all looking for sort of little, little tidbits like that to rub it in even more. But for again, again, I'm going into a game where I'm absolute confident we're not going to win. And that's huge. Yeah. That's huge as a yeah. Liverpool fan. But it's, I can't explain to you. Well, I don't need to explain to you. you guys know that feeling i don't see a liverpool win i don't know how i can't picture how we win a game of football right now i don't know how to explain that i'm, I'm trying to explain that like so what's all wrong all of the things that i've discussed uh, resurgent wolves do you remember it? do you remember at the start this i think it was game three week three or four or something and i said i'm concerned for the first time that we won't and I, I made it very abundantly clear that I am. I'm worried this time round. Normally, I'm, I put on a brave face and I say, oh. But I was very concerned from about game week three. I said, I don't know if we've got the energy to get back into this, uh, to play the same type of football with the same players from five years. We just haven't got the legs. I don't think it's a matter of um, listening to Klopp or they're bored or tired of the same uh uh, message whatever I just think they have not physically up to it and that's a concern that's worrying I think also and this is major I think Liverpool and I've been the biggest praise or, you know bore people to death sometimes about how brilliant we are from top to bottom and there's no sign of um, like loose ends like everything is connected from the very top to the background stuff uh, background back room staff Analytics people, coaching staff, players, everything. It's the total opposite now. Our owners don't know whether they're coming or going, literally. We've sacked so much backroom staff, or they're leaving, or they've left, including parts of the analytics team. There's signings that we're making, and apparently there are more Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linder signings as opposed to listening to the analytics team that we've based our success on. And that's showing on the pitch right now. We are a rudderless, rudderless, we're like a rudderless ship. There's no captain. And it starts from the top. We need clarity from the owners. This is the situation. We're all back, Jurgen Klopp, or we won't. We're selling. Whatever, you, whatever they're doing, they need to make it clear because there's uncertainty and it's showing on the pitch. It was, and I said it, F the signings, F the owners, F the injuries, F everything else, right? That was the worst coached Liverpool side under Jurgen Klopp I've ever seen in his tenure. That was the worst coach side. So stop the excuses about signings, injuries, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, all of that. That was awful, awful coached Liverpool. And it was embarrassing, man. I, I'm, I'm going to say it for you lot. It was embarrassing. Can I ask a question? I, I did see for the first time. No, not the first time, because I've seen this, but Klopp, is there doubt with him? There has to be. Said do, you, do you think it could I've come it. to that? I've said it. There has to be. How long before you have to change that? 
we for, for me personally again I, again I'll reiterate because I get so much stupid people thinking I'm speaking on behalf of the fan base I'm not I'm speaking for myself there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I don't contemplate it yet but there has to be questions though there's a difference right yeah. you're allowed to question you're allowed absolutely. to doubt because he hasn't rebuilt any other team that he's made himself I know he's rebuilt man's minds and Dortmund and Liverpool but these are his loyal soldiers that he needs to let go. He needs to replace. He needs to be cold-blooded, ruthless. Whether that's himself and whether that's him not being backed financially to make those cold-blooded decisions. So, for example, we know that it's easy to replace. Let's just say he's replaced Henderson with a 50, man, 50 million pound player. The problem is that 50 million pound player has to be perfect because we can't afford to F up that 50 million like a City or a Chelsea, whatever. They just replace mm -hmm. it again. Yeah, yeah. So I get that aspect, but he's got to make the but first that's, step. It goes back to what we've always said. Like Liverpool have been incredible for, what, five years mm -hmm. and have won the Premier League once. Not mm -hmm. because they're not good enough, but because the level of competition you're talking about But it's mad. It's, mad. it's gonna It's going to hurt. It's going to yeah, hurt. Your recruitment has to be perfect. And let's be honest, the recent recruitment hasn't been perfect. It hasn't I, I, had the impact. I, I, it might do, but I it hasn't had I it disagree. I think there hasn't been enough in, uh, changes, enough signings. I don't think any of the signings, the last three signings have been Jota, Diaz and Nunes. Would you say they're bad signings? Nunes, the jury's out, but he's be without Nunes, we look absolutely lifeless and limp. I know, so, he's, I know he's just come, Jota Diaz, is Gakpo going to do that? Is he going to take you to the next level? I no, I agree, I agree. But Gakpo, again, for the price, we've discussed it, for the price and everything, it's that 40 million, 35, 40 million sweet spot, and time will tell. I agree the jury's out on Gakpo. Sorry, I forgot Gakpo. But overall, we just haven't invested in the right areas of the pitch, whether that's the owner's fault, the recruitment and Jurgen Klopp. I've always said you win together, you lose together. I think it's a collective. To single out people in this kind of at this time, I think is wrong. I think is I think if you combine all of their efforts, it's just not good enough right now. And I include Jurgen Klopp in that. Um, very good. Brighton deserve to play in Europe. Uh, that's Denny. Brighton squad cost just thirty-one million. I don't know how true that is, but that's absolutely but incredible if they are playing that way. Brighton, look, there needs to be. That's a well-run club. Brighton is a very, very well-run club. Fantastic. You've got everything in order. You've got a manager who is aligned with the identity of the last one in Deserbi, and if anything, they've got a little bit better. He's better than he, Potter. He's, he's better. better. Right. So Honestly. you've got that. You've got um, people upstairs who know exactly how the club should be run. They've got a scouting department, which is brilliant. You pick up Alexis McAllister. They've signed another lad from Argentina. Like, there's a lad, Sarmiento, who's been drafted in here. You picked up Mitoma from nowhere. And these, these players are coming in and making massive differences. That is a well-run club. And that is how you do it with all the finances that come with uh, Premier League football and this kind of thing. You stick to your guns. You sell Ben White for 50 million when people think that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Alexis, uh, not Alexis McAllister, but he might end up going somewhere soon. Cucurella. Cucurella, 63 million. Caicedo. They're not going to give they're Liverpool not. a cheap deal on but Caicedo. This is, but this is brilliant. You know? But this is how you have to rate them. That they're, they're at a level now that they can ward off all these clubs, Chelsea, Liverpool, and say, well, all right, you want our player? That's how much we want. They're not going to be bullied. Yep. They've yeah. shown it on and off the pitch. And the trust I mean, I know off the pitch, Chelsea yeah. stole their, their dinner ladies to, their, <laughs> to everything. But Chelsea do that. But to you, you one, feel right? like even if Chelsea go and steal whoever they've stolen, that Brighton, the, the sen they're sensible enough to go and replace that person who leaves with a like-minded person. Brilliant. 
you know yeah. it's all about identity mm. and Fergus that young Ferguson yeah. up front he's, he's what a beast yeah. wow he's been great yeah. um, on the subject of that conversation shall we just speak uh, quickly about Chelsea signing Mudrick yeah that that came right out of left field I just well, didn't see that coming they've always been credited with having an interest in the player I think Arsenal fans knew that Chelsea were at least lurking in the background on this one but for them to come out the way they did so quickly and basically gazump Arsenal, you know, blow them out of the water. I, I want to say it was a shock, but it really isn't. Like, it's no, just... Was you played? I think this is classic... I think you guys... Were, I think... I think <laughs> yeah, maybe, but maybe, but Chelsea are that kid at school that copies your work, that sits next to you and copies your work, <laughs> right? They've got yeah. no... They've got yeah. no idea. I'm nodding away, but I was, I was that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So was I to a degree. I'm nodding away like, yeah, you're Chelsea, right, you're right, but I used to do that. Chelsea don't really know what they're doing, in my opinion. Their league position shows that. The fact that they've appointed a manager that I don't think is ready for the job shows that. The fact that they've signed lots of players, you know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang being a glowing example, oh. that they've just panicked and bought and, and ended up offering them nothing. But they, their, they own, their owner is the director of their football. Like no, he just he stepped just, back from that last week. Somewhere. Yeah, well, last week I think last so. Week. He stepped back. They they basically don't really know what they're doing, and that's what worries Chelsea fans. And what they've done is they've looked at this guy and they've gone, "He looks quite good." Arsenal willing to go quite far on him. You know what? Let's let's do it. Now, what happens when Sterling comes back? Exactly. It, it this this whole thing does not make any sense. So. Arsenal, as I said to you guys, I expressed concerns here and on my own podcast over the last few weeks about the price of Mikhail Omudzic. I said it was a massive gamble, a massive risk. I was willing if Arsenal thought that he was the right man to kind of back off and say, well, your recruitment's been great, so I need to give you a chance to make this work, yeah, and, and fine. But 100 million euros is crazy for him. That's what the deal is worth. 100 million euros is outrageous. And Chelsea have not only been willing to offer that, They've been willing to more than double the contract offer in terms of weekly salary that Arsenal were able to do or willing to do. And they've given him an eight and a half year contract. If you're a player, you are mad not to sign that. You are absolutely mad. And add to that that Mikhailo Mudrik has literally been flirting with Arsenal for weeks on Instagram and all of that. He just It just shows that his desire to play in the Premier League superseded his desire to join Arsenal. He wanted the money. He wanted the Premier League. And he's got a, an offer on the table. Having said that, Arsenal never reached an agreement with Shakhtar for them to say, right, here's the green light to speak to Arsenal. But he could have dug his heels in, I think, if he really wanted it. He didn't. And I have no issue with my club going 100 million euros. Done, no worries, mate. I think Arsenal done the exact right thing. Do you know what? Like, mm. I, I put it out on Twitter the other day about why are Chelsea giving all these, like, what Badia Shields got seven and a half years, Fofana's got seven seven years, Madrid's got eight and a half years and I was asking like well why are they doing this and it's been pointed out that this is for amortization purposes to spread the transfer fee over the length of the contract you're giving him 200,000 pound £200, a week Wesley Fofana signed for Harry Maguire money last summer equivalent to Harry Maguire great player been injured all season right what if you sign these players to seven eight nine ten year contracts down the line they could go this far yeah you sign them to that and they turn out duds yeah. What what if you you've lugged your squad with they'll have thirty players by the time all the, their injuries clear up and come back? You've got Chelsea fans looking at the current squad now, calling Kai Havertz shite when Kai Havertz was one of the best prospects in Germany two three years ago, and everyone was celebrating to you know to the hilt, saying we've got this generational lad from Germany. 
I think this is, it might work for Chelsea, but I think it's massively risky. And for Graham Potter, he came out and said afterwards, yes, it's great, like we've signed this player, but when everyone comes back and I've got 30 players, that's, that might be a problem. Absolutely. How difficult is that going to be for a manager? Yeah. You know? Also and to keep all the players happy. Yeah. And now you're just paying these players. Mudrick is landed for the rest of his career. He's got a £200,000 a week deal, moved to the Premier League. He can just kick, if he wants to, he can kick back and go, ah, you know, I'll take the money. I prefer not to speak. <laughs> more money than sense, Chelsea at this point in time. But also the player, you said like, why the player would be mad not to sign that eight and a half year deal. But what if he is better than the club? What if he's a Harry Kane, for example, but he's tied into that contract and then they won't pay to buy him out? So actually in a way, is, is it clever from Chelsea? It's a bad move from the agent and from the player. But... Honestly, the amount of cash, there's no care in the world. You'll just do it. More money, more yeah. problems. Yeah, exactly. It just, there is no, like, I was watching Napoli against Juventus on Friday night, right? You, you watch Kvarat Scalia, yeah? How can you compare him in terms of what he's shown in one of Europe's top leagues to Mikhailo Mudrik right now? So if Mikhailo Mudrik goes for 100 million euros... Kvarat Scalia, for me, goes for 200 million yeah, euros. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And that the is the problem that and we have, have now. The same way you want, Chelsea fans football. can deny it. Yeah, you, you have. You have. You've ruined the market again. You've done it again. You started off by ruining the market in the Abramovich era, and now you're doing the same in the Todd Bowley era. But I prefer not people to saying I did say I prefer not to speak, but I couldn't help Still, what, difference, <laughs> what <laughs> difference is that? 125k a week. Yeah, not club, clubs in Europe can't really pay that, generally. The, the top clubs can. But... Let's say Mudrik comes in and he barely gets any football because Raheem Sterling hits a vein of form and you've got Zhao Felix in there, you've got Kai Havertz in there, you've got all these like players who are supposed to be really good that Chelsea has spent a season or two ruining now and they're not getting the best out <laughs> of them. mad. You know? Just, you know, I'm just really off the names, right? Scott, add, add Ziyech Pulisic to that What as about well? all these players? Fafana, mm -hmm. David Fafana, Chukwemeka... All of these like young lads that they're signing as well. Where's the path to the first team for them? Yeah, and, be and the joke is Amari Hutchinson left Arsenal yeah. and signed for Chelsea because he said there's a clearer path to the first team. Shall I tell mate, you who looked the best? Player? Who advised you? Have mate, all you of this money him. spent and everything. What's the yeah, What's the What's his first name? Hall. Lewis Hall. Yeah, yeah. he's been Lewis Hall looked the best player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Chelsea fans, if you're happy with winning the transfer market all the time, then fine. But <laughs> as we said earlier in the show, that winning the transfer market doesn't necessarily mean that you win. Of course. That's it. Of course. Uh, give us a like. Please. Nine career goals. Wow. Um, and just very, very quickly, um, Newcastle still going about things. Another one nil win over Fulham, but that was a little, little bit fortunate. Yeah. Um, based on the the Mitrovic penalty being chalked off and all that, which was rightly chalked off. You have to mm -hmm. say you can't strike it with both feet. Double strike it, whatever they call it. Um, Isaac pops up with a goal. That's that's great for Newcastle. Wasn't their best day at the office but they won and you've got to give Eddie Howe credit because they you know I think I, I've been saying that I don't have them down in my top four with every passing week you, you have to take them more and more seriously so yeah. credit to them um, guys anything else anyone would like to bring to the table like to mention now or forever hold your peace uh, that Napoli Aventus game the other day oh. was was it good? Hell of a statement. Oh. Marco, our producer, is a Juve fan. Oh, sorry, Marco. I was yeah, messaging right. him during the game. Poor guy. Had no, to but is, I'm sorry, Marco, but, but Juve going into that, everyone was talking about Allegri being back. This is the litmus test for Napoli. This makes or breaks the season. This defines where they are. They obliterated Juve. It was, yeah. it was uh, Napoli. That was a statement and a half. And I think it was like the, the changing of the guard almost. Like, this is Napoli. That's Juve now. The thing is, as well, a lot of people... Asked me quite a bit about Victor Osimhen 
you know, is he good enough? Can he play in the Premier League? Can he go on to a, a higher level? Mate. If there's one game that I would point people in the direction of to look at him and understand exactly what he's about, it was that one. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, can I see happy? All good. Uh, happier. Happier. Yeah, thanks <laughs> um, for the therapy session. Yeah, uh, oh, Bruno, Bruno is injured as well from Newcastle. Uh, twisted his ankle yesterday. Oh, oh no. So, oh, no. My so heart bleeds might be, uh, <laughs> might be a difficult one, yeah. For them. Uh, Scott, as always, thank you. You okay? Thank Anything we should, else you we should say to thank you to you. Well. Yeah, we should okay, be saying thank thanks, you to you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, okay, well, give us a like, give us a sub if you haven't already. And when are you guys back? Uh, Thursday? I think Thursday. it's Friday. It might be Friday. Friday this week, actually. Friday. Yeah. We will see you then. Have a good week. Bye bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.